0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes. Yes balloon party. Act like you didn't know. <laughs> My name is Tim McCurney. That's Matt Rocchio filling in for Jackson. I mean, 30 seconds ago, I was on HD2 radio, which is like saying I was just in Huntley and I came rushing down here because I was still reading our email of the day segment at 10.02 jackson of course is at the
2: circus sports book Matt. I, I mean i was gonna i i've seen some updates yeah but but those ones are are prejudiced and i had to see when a man has to wake up at 5 a.m or before oh, 5 well a.m before that
1: in las vegas
2: how how was he doing this morning so a couple
1: of things i mean the audience here of course not happy with this show the audience down there <laughs> not happy with the show essentially anywhere i am people are unhappy nice, nice. that is the impact i have on people Uh, But uh, they were unhappy with Jackson and KG in O-Town because they only made four posts from the TMA underscore STL Instagram account. I guess somebody already got TMA STL. Uh, And so uh, they were unhappy about that. Uh, They were observing that it looked like somebody had used... Uh, cocaine on the TMA, <laughs> tablecloth.
2: Jesse Kiowski did not seem happy that the tablecloth was dirty. She said it was pristine when she sent it? That's correct. Okay.
1: So Jackson will be under oath in a deposition on the mat. Uh, they were unhappy that Jackson uh, made a story of, uh, guess, who, guess who sat down to me at the blackjack table? We're kind of like, oh, what A-lister was sitting at yeah. the $5 minimum table? And, yeah, do they
2: have those in the city limits of Las Vegas?
1: Uh, I think Jackson said he was going to go low to start. <laughs> uh, and we go, God, who? You know, we're guessing, was it one of the Kardashians? Yeah. Was it Hove? Was yeah. it B? She was just here on Monday. That mm. oh, was BJ Reigns. You may remember him from <laughs> <laughs> coverage of Boise State. His father, Rob. And listen, I mean, I know BJ. Love I text Rams. with BJ. Love them. But it was a, a lot of buildup. up I'm sure B.J. would probably be
2: uncomfortable with that. Wow, who is sitting next to Jackson? It's B.J. Reigns. Can I be honest here? Yeah. I'm kind of shocked that Jackson <laughs> knew B.J. Reigns just like that well. The He's problem like... with it is you ask for
1: highlights of your first night in Las Vegas, <laughs> and the highlight is, oh, B.J. Reigns sat down with me at the $5 blackjack table, and you kind of go, are you really going out there and giving it your all? If you're, Listen, for me— At this point in my life, 46 and two children, eh, that's probably about, I'd be like, yeah, you wouldn't believe it, B.J. Ray. But if you're 25 and single, and then there was one picture. Now, the most exciting element that you will see on the TMA Instagram page is that uh, there's a picture of Jackson at the Circus Sportsbook pool. And... His, his what he was very hypersensitive about, that bald spot is mm-hmm. is filling up. It is it's like yeah. a crop circle now. Yeah. How
2: about that? And, and, and I have to ask you this. I know you, I know we went hard on our mall when he did this to Tyler O'Neill, but mm. oh, it, and seems, an effort question. it seems like you're publicly questioning Jackson's hustle.
1: Nah, I'm reporting no, not at all, because if anything, I know that Jackson, <laughs> you know, I mean certainly the foil he has, you know. Makes makes him shine bright like a diamond. But I know Jackson works his ass off. I know KG and O-Town works his ass off. But the listeners, as I was observing on both this program and and TMA, not happy with only four posts from Las Vegas after they got there at like 7.30 Las Vegas time. So they promised to deliver more for those of you who want to... Live vicariously through Piddles in his Las Vegas trip to Circus Sportsbook. How about what we have? Kind of a kind of a breaking ball for this program today. Dick for meal with us at ten fifteen.
2: I'm excited to hear this because my one of my favorite things listening to guys like you and Randy is when you is when you go into the nostalgia bag. That's sad. Uh, that's I, I love be... I
1: love it so much. So I'm going to tell a story that I don't think I have told on this program, but I don't want to really bring it up to Coach for meal because I can't imagine he remembers this. But my first full day at KMOV in 2000, March of 2000, Matt, were you even born?
2: Yes. I was seven. Yeah, seven. Uh, eight, something like that.
1: I believe it was also the same day that Jim Edmonds was traded from the Angels to the Cardinals, coincidentally. The, uh, the assignment desk says, oh, Dick Vermeil is moving today, moving from St. Louis, I believe, back to Philadelphia the Philadelphia area. Mm -hmm. You ought to, he's speaking at the MAC, and then he is going to be moving. You ought to go to his home and film with my photographer, video, shoot video of him packing his boxes and moving and interviewing him. Now, I see the look on your face going, wow, that would be pretty aggressive. (laughs) But 23, if you think I lack self-awareness now, imagine what it was like (laughs) 23 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't he he want somebody showing up at his home as they move, which is one of the worst days for anybody. It doesn't matter where you're moving. You could be moving to Malibu. It doesn't matter. You hate the process. So I go up to him after I'm 23 years old. I looked like I was 12. I was even smaller than I am now because I've had a big growth spurt. 21, I had a big growth spurt. And I went up to him and I, after he spoke at the M.A.C. and I go, hey, coach, I understand you're moving today. Do you mind if we head out to your house and shoot video of you packing boxes? And I look back on that I go, what in the hell was I doing? <laughs> and then I think to myself, if, if I were him, I would have gone, no, I, no. But his answer was, well, I can't stop you. <laughs> but I mean, he could have. He absolutely could have. Yeah. But I probably gave off this like. Of course, you're going to let us sh- shoot video of you moving. Like it's a public, a- your home is a public area. And so he said, Well, I can't stop you. And i take that out oh, screen light. <laughs> and so me and a photographer who was about my age as well, a young guy from New York, we head right out there. He lived off of, I think he lived off of Clarkson. Uh, I'll give out his address at the end of the show. <laughs> and I remember showing up, knocking on the door. His wife answers, and and we're sitting there with a you know with a photographer, big camera back in the day. This is pre iPhones. And she goes, "Hi, can we help you?" And I said, "Yeah, coach. Coach said we could we could shoot video. Are you guys moving today?" And she goes, "Oh, Dick, what are we?" Doing? <laughs> but but the wonderful thing about the lack of self awareness I possess. Is I'm like, yep, she sounds like she's good too.
2: (laughs) Even that did not even that did not
1: push you away. And we sit down in the man's living room as his wife it's just him and his wife. They aren't even movers. (laughs) Are packing up and driving to Pennsylvania after he won a Super Bowl two months earlier. And then I begin to conduct like a Roy Firestone interview with him for an hour. Boy, remember? It becomes the Chris Farley show. <laughs> you know, because I'm fresh off a of Little Rock. You know, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, remember the the, the, the pearl catch? Yeah. yeah, and what about Mike Jones' tackle? And then finally, after about 45 minutes of me just fanboying in this man's living room, he goes, hey, uh, I got to kind of wrap it up. I gotta. I'm moving.
2: <laughs> Have you ever been given a nicer? Let's uh, oh my let's go God. ahead and finish
1: this up. I used to do the same when Walt Jockety would visit the double the Cardinals double A team was in Little Rock, and I'm sure he was thinking, okay, here's some guy living in poverty, which was which was right, who's doing television, and he's thinking, I'm just going to ask, like, tell me about what you think the Cardinals are going to do. I would I would I would I would cross examine Walt Jockety's moves as a camera boy in Little Rock, to the point where I could tell he finally had a confused look on his face. This was 1999. And he gave me the, uh, yeah, I mean, can we wrap this up? We've been going 10 minutes on Alan Bennett's shoulder, you know? and I look back, I go, what in the hell? But it was that same lack of self-awareness that led me to walk up to Bobby Knight and just be like, of course he's going to do an interview with me right after he gets fired from Indiana, and walk up to Barry Barnes. I was, goes, gonna hey. ask,
2: I was just about to ask, did, did you feel Vermeil prepared uh, you for Barry? I mean, it just, I, I needed somebody to go,
1: hey, a-hole, you know, what? it was cute, you know, because you're so tiny and young and seemingly harmless and frail, but, we, you know, the man's moving, let's let him, let's let him have a day off. So anyway, that's what happened. That's the lead up. And I don't know if he'd remembered or not. I really don't want to bring it up. But that is my experience with Dick Vermeil
2: until today. The story makes me feel better about the times where I'm like, "You know what? I don't think we should call that person right now." And I feel like, "Man, I'm I'm just I'm I am just i am i do not have the cutthroat mentality for oh. it." But now that I hear these stories, I'm like, "You know what? Maybe maybe no one should have that mentality." Oh, I just think I just, it, I just I honestly I, just, I go, ugh, that was me. I'll give
1: like, one thing. I'm like, oh, Rocky, you shouldn't have done that, and I can make funny. I'm like, no, that was me. And I had a full head of hair and hopes and dreams. Like, I wasn't despondent yet. Oh, So I've sat there, and I remember I saw him, that when he came back and was coaching with the Chiefs, they had a preseason game against the Rams, and still lacking self-awareness. I saw him walk past and say, hey, Coach, for me, I was the guy who interviewed you the day you were moving. And he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> Like, like he would have assumed my contract would have been terminated
2: I feel like you woke up in like a cold sweat in the middle of 2006 like finally and it yes. finally hit you like
0: oh no when I, listen, I you know what happens that.
1: when I listen to old clips of the morning grind which was what TMA was before and I hear that and I go God how did Martin Kilcoin and Jim Hayes work with that <laughs> like how did they put up with that but I mean I'm the guy who went to Dick Vermeil's house and, and said hey I know you're moving but I can you sit down for an hour hour and relive the season with me oh. Ah.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: anyway dick Vermeil is going to join us and we're going to do the exact same thing except this time i don't think he's moving it's next here on balloon party driven by mungan st louis acura and all in toyota
0: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It is presented to you by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Matt Rocchio in for Jackson Burkett. You can watch on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program the great Dick Vermeil, Coach, good morning.
3: Good morning. How is everything in
1: St. Louis? Everything is wonderful in St. Louis, and I know our audience is thrilled to hear from you. Always love to hear from the Hall of Famer, Dick Vermeil. And, and before we get into a little uh, St. Louis Rams nostalgia, uh, if you could share with our audience uh, what you have going on, because uh, you will be part of the Rockhurst University Leadership Series Luncheon in St. Louis, and that is coming up on October 12th. You can find out more about it at rockhurst.edu. E-D-U. I think uh, some of your uh, former players might be uh, in attendance as well. Tell the audience uh, what do you have going on, Coach.
3: Well, you know, uh, I was asked if I would come in and speak, and I very seldom ever turn down an invitation to come back to St. Louis. And it gives me a chance to say hello to friends. You know, Mike Martz now has moved back there, and Orlando lives here, Mike Jones lives there. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be able to see some people, possibly if they're able to attend the luncheon. And I'll, I'll come in the night before, eat dinner, uh, speak at noon time and fly home that evening. But uh, I'm looking forward to being there. It's always good to come to St. Louis.
1: You are well-known as one of the best speakers f- from a motivation standpoint, from a story standpoint, from an amusing anecdote standpoint. Uh, when you're talking with people such as this event at, uh, in St. Louis, but it's the Rockhurst University Leadership Series Luncheon, what is what is your uh, approach uh when you're when you're talking now back in the day perhaps motivation is that still what you're what you're reaching people with
3: well you know it's a leadership seminar type activity so I, I talk a little bit about the philosophy of leadership i developed over the 35 years of coaching and when i got out of coaching and finished coaching as a chief so i started writing down different things that i believe in and organizing it and i've used it uh, many many times in corporations speaking engagements and always received a pretty good uh, you know, notice on it. People enjoyed it. And I, I, I keep studying leadership myself and uh, trying to uh, learn how to better express what I believe. And I enjoy doing it. I don't get many opportunities anymore. Get it, you know, at my age, uh, they go for the younger people. But uh, I enjoy it. And that's why I do it.
1: Well, people will love hearing the stories. They are classics and also uh, really wonderful guidance on leadership and self-motivation it is coming up at the ritz carlton in st louis if people would like to be a part of it rockhurst.edu dick Vermeil speaking at the rockhurst university leadership series luncheon in st louis coming up in mid-october so coach how are you spending most of your time these days football season ramping up you're freshly inducted into the hall of fame how are you spending your days now
3: well, you know, I live on 100 acres of ground, so I've always had something to do outside, especially since the storm came through here two weeks ago. And yeah. wax pretty... You know, when I work the wine business, I, I'll fly to California tomorrow morning, and I'll be out there for three weeks at Drive Tractor during the harvest. So the harvest is going to be a little later this year, so it promises to be uh, a great volume and, and great quality this year, maybe better than many years in the past. So I'm excited about that, and uh, we'll have our wine club event held at the top. Mending Wall Winery, where our wines are made uh, uh, during my stay out there. And I'll, I'll see friends in the valley. I have my brothers and sisters who live out there, and Carol has cousins. And so uh, that's how we'll do it. But I, I enjoy that time out there. You really feel at home when you get back to where you were born and raised. Uh,
1: when, when you are on radio in St. Louis or television in St. Louis, it immediately puts those who are able to recall that incredible season, that incredible run, Uh, In a good place, because it brings back so many great memories. I'm curious, because sometimes you'll hear kind of inside words, so to speak, from coaches or players who have a sense that they're about to surprise people, whether it be in college football, which you've been a part of, of course, or in the NFL. And if you could, take me back, before Trent Green got injured, were you sensing that you guys might be on the verge of surprising people in 1999?
3: Well, prior to the opening of training camp, I told John Shaw, our president, and Jay Zygmunt that we would be a playoff team. <laughs> and John said, I don't want to hear it. I've been told that many times and so far. <laughs> but, you know, they, they had worked extremely hard for two years in preparation for that third year. The draft people, Charlie Army and John Becker and staff, have done a good job. And, I, you know, my coaching staff was outstanding. And Mike March came in and Al Saunders came in and John Masco came in to to take up over offense and try to upgrade what we were doing and they certainly did. But I I really believed we were a playoff team because I've been on a playoff teams right. before. I know what they look like. I know how they practice. I know how they play. Uh, but I thought this would be a, a good playoff team. I never did I think we'd be a world championship team, you know. Uh, you just you know, you go play every game, you know, and each week you see yourself doing something better. But by the end, I think it was the fourth week when we beat the 49ers soundly for the first time in 17 years. I know I told the whole team that Monday in the meeting room that there was only one team in the NFL that could beat us. And fortunately for them, they're all sitting in this room. Wow. So we, we just have to keep doing what we're doing and don't get cocky and keep working and try to get better every day. and you know, and remain disciplined and uh, focused, and we could win it all. And I, I said, I don't want to read this in the paper. I don't want to hear it on the radio. I'm holding you responsible for keeping it to yourself, but really thinking about what we have the opportunity to do.
1: Dick Vermeule is our guest here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN and on YouTube on the 101 ESPN channel. And if I'm not mistaken, it was after that game when the great 49ers legend Bill Walsh came in yeah. d- during your press conference, didn't he? What did he say
3: to you? <laughs> He said, you're going to win it all. So <laughs> Secrets out. Yeah, you know, and he's an old, old friend. All right. But uh, he didn't need to say that. He walked in during my press conference after the game. But In fact, as I turned my head to the left, there's a picture of Bill Knight standing there <laughs> that evening in, in in the dome there in St. Louis. So I think about him often. You know, he was a, he was a genius in football and a great friend. And uh, But he did say that, you know. That's incredible.
1: Well, he, he knew what he was talking about. He had certainly uh, done it himself. I, I want to get your perspective on this. A lot of people talk about that 49ers game as the moment where they believed as well, and, and you're, you're citing it as, as a significant moment for you and your players and your staff. And, of course, the first playoff game against the Vikings and what was a comeback, which might people may forget— but for me, and still, as a lifelong St. Louis and coach, we've had some incredible sports moments. But I don't know if you went from a—when it came, comes to football in St. Louis, a, a surge of energy from per, potentially despondent to euphoria— than when Kurt Warner hit Ricky Prohl with that touchdown pass that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl. If you can, any memories you may have of, of leading into that, what your thoughts were at the time, because there are only a few minutes left in the game, and at the time it looked like the this great offense was going to get shut down and, and the Buccaneers were going to go to the Super
3: Bowl. Yeah, well we were shut down, there's no question. You know, they had a gr- they were a great defensive yes. football team and that's why they were in a position to to, to play for the championship and, and had been all along. But anyway, uh, it was a challenge, and then they, they, fortunate for us, they went ahead and blitzed, and we uh read the adjustments. So did Ricky Prohl, and, and Mike Marks and the offensive staff had good adjustments, you know, after the snap to be made if this, this if disappeared or if this blitz happened, and it did happen Unfortunately, as I look to my left, up high, there's Ricky. I got the picture of Ricky making that catch in the end zone. So <laughs> I think about those things all the time. You
1: know, I mean, just an absolute moment. I recall I was in the stands, and and it was the energy shot up, and it was tough to even stand up. It went from this is going to be a really disappointing end to an incredible season to a. ridiculous, ridiculously beautiful moment that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl. Coach, I want to I, I want to tell an anecdote here that the audience has requested that I tell you and see if you recall it. I feel like there's a 25 percent chance you'll remember it, and then I'll get you out of here because I know you have something to tend to at the bottom of the hour. The day you were moving from St. Louis, I believe you were going back to Pennsylvania. A young sports reporter from the CBS affiliate in St. Louis came up to you after you were speaking at the MAC and said, "I understand you're moving." And uh, I was wondering if we could get video of you moving at your home. And, and you were kind enough to allow this sports reporter to do it uh, your wife was incredibly confused and maybe not as supportive when I showed up at the door <laughs> but but I shot video of, of you moving and you were kind enough to do an interview with me and it's been 23 years I look back on it and I can't believe I asked you to do it but I'm so grateful that you did because it was my first day on the job do you recall any of this at, at all because it was an incredibly kind gesture considering your packing up your life and moving
3: yeah i don't remember i don't remember i I do and i have nightmares about it (laughs) all right well i know i i have so many fond memories of st louis ill and all the great italian food up there my god yeah you know i just uh if there are no negatives in, in my mind in regard to St. Louis,
1: well, that would—I uh, think—many people who are listening right now would share the same when they hear your name—a a legacy that is synonymous with winning and, uh, and nostalgia that will live forever in St. Louis. Those St. Louis Rams teams under Dick Vermeil, who will be back in St. Louis with the Rockhurst uh, University Leadership Speaker Series on October 12th at Ritz-Carlton. Learn more at rockhurst.edu. Coach, thank you so much for making time for us this morning. Always a pleasure to walk down memory lane with you. Thank you so much.
3: All right, anytime. You take care.
1: Thank you very much. That's Dick Vermeule with us here on Balloon Party 101, ESPN, and YouTube. Boy, that makes me feel better. He doesn't remember.
2: (laughs) See, it just tells you other people. I I
1: feel like I can can move on.
2: (laughs) See, what you didn't know is that there was also a new reporter in Philadelphia who was there at the house who said, (laughs) When he arrived. can, Can I film you moving back in? God. Oh.
1: I mean, I remember the look on Carol Vermeil's face when she opened the door.
2: Dick, what did you say we could do?
1: Oh, Coach, tell me about, but now I'm, let's go to the second quarter of the Vikings game.
2: That's a woman who's heard the phrase, Dick, just, he's just so nice. Anything we That's invite him to, anything we invite him to, he says yes every time. And she just sits there, yes, I know.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, one thing that does stand out from that interview, outside of the fact that I was, it, it really was the Chris Farley show. <laughs> He points over to the table that was like a little breakfast table in their kitchen, and he goes, and keep in mind, he was not coaching. He had decided to retire. I mean, it's a pretty—you could make a case it's a significant moment in St. Louis NFL history beyond because some are of the opinion that had he stayed, things would have continued on a trajectory. That is, you know, certainly speculative. But with that all said, he points to this breakfast table. He goes, right there. I made the decision, and I told Carol. that's it. I'm done. And, of course, what, months later, he's he's back with the Chiefs. Oh, and I think, I don't think it's a think, I think he's gone on the record. He regrets that. And I remember, remember the great Jack Snow? God, I love Jack Snow. Jack Snow was the best. Oh, just, I mean, he's just one of those guys, you know, that, you know, I'm sure a number of you listening had a chance to to meet him and hear him speak. I mean, he was just the best. Uh, I don't know if I can use this phrase on 101 ESPN. I'd certainly do it on TMA, uh, but he liked to give you trouble, uh, a blank buster, uh, and uh, boy, he enjoyed doing it with me. Uh, and uh, and I guess some of the things are probably outdated now. I find them amusing still, so I'll just I'll just uh, leave them in my memory. But uh, number one, Jack Snow. I remember him telling my father that that was a, a playoff team before they started. That's why I was curious if Coach Formill remembered that and and then secondarily with regards to jack snow and, and giving trouble the, the way that he would um, the sense that they had that they had something really special which at the time, now, of course, we all know what wound up happening, but at the time, the Rams were a joke. I mean, they were a joke.
2: Same old sorry-ass Rams.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. And then Dick Vermeil, who a lot of people thought might lose his job after the second season. And I bet if this were the NFL in 2023, he would have lost his job. There's no way they would have brought a guy back for a third year with that record, you know what I mean? But uh, Jack Snow said... And this was like in March. And he was close friends with Steve Savard. They were the broadcast team. Mm-hmm. And Savard and I, you know, worked together at KMOV along with Doug Vaughn. And I remember Jack coming down one night for Sports Sunday and going, "Because I just get the sense that Dick misses coaching and I think he's going to come back. And then sure enough. And then you got Trent Green there, and he killed it there. I mean, if, if he didn't come back, he probably doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl there, but no. he killed it there. He killed it in Philadelphia, and he obviously won a Super Bowl in St. Louis. Your thoughts welcome. Uh, 314-399-9646. I'm just exercising demons here. I'm going to go over my decision to stop taking Propecia in the next segment.
2: we got to talk about the, the the wearing the one glove to St. Gabe's.
1: It was the Michael Jackson Thriller jacket. That'll be the oh, final the segment. It. No. <laughs> No, why would I wear one glove? I was already wearing the Thriller jacket. (laughs) Surprisingly, that didn't play well in South St. Louis in 1984. What was wrong with them? Uh, We'll take a break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It is driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, and Matt Rocchio in for Jackson Burkett, who was live from Las Vegas on TMA this morning. You can always watch that, the uh, TMA STL channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash TMA STL, and you can watch us on the 101 ESPN channel. On YouTube, and of course, participate by uh, texting in Air Comfort Service Text Line. We're giving away Shine Down tickets at the end of the program. Uh, Best Text gets the tickets for 101 ESPN with your chance to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down with special guest Papa Roach next Sunday night, September 3rd, at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Text in to score free tickets to Shine Down now, 314 399 9646. You can also find a bonus chance at winning free tickets for the show right now on the 101 mobile app. Get all the details at 101 Espn.com. so you can text in 314-399-9646, or you can leave a mic drop. Uh, Stephen Wildwood says he left one. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's been vetted yet. I, yeah. You know, we don't want any FCC violations.
2: I have it downloaded. I just need to give a quick listen to make I, sure. I think that's no the same. We always
1: err on the side of caution here, but we do have Angry Beavers' presentation of the Little Piddles half and half.
0: Let's experience the best of both worlds. It's time again for Little Piddles, Half and Half. Presented by The Angry Beaver, a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza.
2: All right, let's dive into a little half and half. Business side first. We're okay, gonna we're gonna going dive with? into a little relocation. So, Tim, let's say you went to Brown. Wait, Sorry, uh, wrong show. Uh, uh, let's say you went to nice. SM. Let's say you went to SMU and you read the new oh, report coming out today. So I'm
1: suffering from poverty. <laughs>
2: Exactly, because you're not going to get any media money for seven whole years if you join the ACC. If you didn't see it today, a couple a couple schools yeah, trying to join the ACC. SMU's one of them. They also have some big schools coming from Cal and Stanford. Obviously, yep. Miami and Cal make sense if they're in the same conference. So the ACC's going for three big ones, but the big one, again, that jumped out to me has to be the fact that while Cal and Stanford would be putting aside the same amount of money, SMU to make their jump all the way to the ACC would be foregoing media money for seven full years. And this is already in a conference that is locked into a TV deal through 2036. I feel like the money isn't going to be that great compared to the SEC when you're already 30 million behind and you're going to be sitting again wallowing for 13 more years before yeah. you re up on the TV contract. Is this a smart move for the ACC to expand? Is it a smart move for SMU looking for money to to just say we're good without getting media rights for seven years? I'm going to give a
1: macro answer to a very good micro question, and then I will uh, then I'll focus on the micro element of the question. I do, I feel like all of these conference moves are temporary. So at first, when it first started up, and I guess it was Nebraska, Colorado, I mean, yep. I- of this era, mm-hmm. I realize you had the Southwest Conference, which takes us back to SMU. Uh, I just I, At this point, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever these things are now, I just don't think SMU, Cal, and Stanford will be part of whatever, if the ACC even exists, along with the SEC and Big Ten, by the way. In, in by the time 2030 rolls around, I just I, I feel like we're about to experience something similar to the NFL. I really do. I think that's what college football is going to be. And so I think the days of Missouri being, you know, in the SEC and focused on those schools is likely temporary. Not because Missouri's going anywhere, but I just think the sport, well they'll continue in, in the non-football sports. Yes. That that could be, I think. Just I just think football is going to change, and that's what all of these deals are about. Anyway, um, I heard a story from I can't recall who's telling the story. Might have been on uh, the Andrew Marchand, uh, John O'ran sports business podcast, in which they said, "Yeah, we were hanging around Bill Self, and he's like, nobody's even talking to me," and he's bill self, you know, but, but that's because everything had to do with football and that's football at Kansas. And I'm not mocking football, Kansas, but football, Kansas isn't necessarily, you know, a blue chip stock. So with that said, to focus on the micro. Yeah, I, I would do it, which speaks if I'm SMU, I would do it. And my reasoning is it shows the desperation for this game of musical chairs, which I feel like is becoming a cliche when talking about conference realignment, but God, if you're not in, you're so far out. Yeah. Oregon and Oregon State and Washington State, for the most part, have been also runs in the Pac-12, Pac-10. You know, Washington State had the Ryan Leaf, uh, Drew Bledsoe years. Um, Oregon State, you know, I mean, they've. But okay at times. Cal
2: hasn't been consistently relevant in football in 30 30 years. It's just just,
1: they're just they're just kind of they're on the outside looking in, especially those two, because they don't have the prestige of being in the Bay Area and the academics. And all of a sudden you go from I mean, waking up that morning, and I've read I'm fascinated by the story, so I've read quite a bit about it. Waking up the morning of the day that Washington and Oregon announced that they were moving, uh, to going, just looking at each other, going, what do we do? We're on the outside looking in. So therefore, if you don't have leverage, you take what you can get. If you can be in one of the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, I guess Big 12, uh, because otherwise you are out. And so it just shows the lack of leverage that schools have. And I get it if I'm SMU. I get it.
2: I've commented on these the, the realignment thing, and the thing that always shocks me is non-Mizzou people who know I'm a Mizzou person will then come up and be like, well, your, your, your school started it. But I think that's ignoring the fact that the musical chairs idea was from the very get-go because right out the gate, Missouri was worried that Oklahoma and Texas were going to essentially blow up everything they had for the last you know 10 years right. and pretty much leave... Everyone else, it's Texas, Oklahoma, and then everyone else gets the dregs that we allow A lot of
1: it was just the Longhorn Network that that was the the domino. I think Missouri, I think back then would have, because I don't know if the SEC was even live, thought, let's get into the Big Ten, and then that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So then the SEC, I mean, the foresight on that. I I, I feel like sometimes it's litigated and it surprises me, kind of like letting Albert Pujols walk, but that's kind of retelling history on Pujols because they tried to keep him, Mm -hmm. which— I think is obvious it would have been a mistake. But sometimes I see it pop up here every once in a while like is that the was DH a mistake.
2: Popping into the NL in 2015?
1: No, I mean it was 2000 <laughs> you know, 2012 and and, and go, that was so obvious and so obvious now that going to the SEC was the right thing to do, but I thought it was the right thing to do then. That's without the results oriented yeah. thinking, you know, like uh, the Angels now are catching hell for for going all in this year. But that's totally results-oriented. Trout went back on the IL. Otani's now got a UCL situation. He may not be throwing. I mean, and they're out of it. Uh, But I like what they did. So you, you don't know the results at the time of making a decision. But you have to practice foresight, and you want people with great judgment. And from my standpoint... That was a great call. So if I'm SMU, I'm doing whatever I can. I just don't think they'll be part of the ACC in football in 2030 because I don't know if the ACC will exist in 2030 in football, just like I'm not sure the SEC will. The SEC is such a synonymous brand with college football. Maybe there'll be like a NFL division Mm -hmm. with the SEC, but... I just think so much of this is temporary, but if you are not sure, get in and take whatever you can get. If you're SMU,
2: there's no way the ACC is the ACC renegotiating a contract in 2036. Like it will not, they will not be known as the ACC. It will not be just like college conference with just with football, basketball. It will be a different entity that is talking about a new contract when that 2036 one expires. Oh, yeah.
1: And then, yeah. it's just, it's the, this we're about to see so much change. I think with college, I mean, we've already seen it, but I mean, even more. And I think it happens within the next five years. Uh, let's see what time I just, just, I just always operate. I'm late for a you break. You
2: set up a perfect tease for the second half. Oh, of the wow. Half what's half our, what's, what do we have? Perfect.
1: We're giving away the Shinedown tickets in the next segment. So text in, if you want those, uh, we just select the quote unquote best text. Usually it's a personal attack on me or Jackson.
2: Usually. Usually. Well, um we went a little long earlier this morning with Greg Amsinger, and he oh. has a great point about the Otani and the Angels and kind of that that weird kind of, you know, hindsight. Oh, I'd thinking. be curious. Do we yes. have the sound from there? Just the sound, parap- have, oh, I, the sound I can't wait that. to hear yes. this.
1: I'm a big Amsinger fan. I know, yeah, we me too. But well, we're all Southside guys. Exactly. But like he's like real Southside. You know where he's St. John the Baptist. Yes, yeah, he, oh yeah, he's legit. I remember having him on the podcast and I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I go brother (laughs) i go you know it's one thing for like me and rocky (laughs) but i mean saint john the baptist and you're sitting in manhattan look at you i mean you ought to like do a self-help book or something i mean this is unbelievable
2: two weeks ago he was on the phone with you know getting getting sprinklers put into his brand new yard out there in the brand new house in new jersey
1: he's in jersey now look at this i am saying all right i can't wait to hear what he has to say about it that's coming up next along with giving away our text of the day for the shine down tickets you are listening to balloon party on 101 espn
0: Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
1: ESPN. Welcome back. Lots to get to here in the final segment of Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Driven by Monganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Stephen Wildwood did leave a mic drop, and you have vetted it. Is that correct, uh, Matt? Okay, let's take a yeah, listen.
3: Mm, yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm just going to play out the season. Well, we're not a great team. There's always next year's... Stop it! Now I know how Rachio feels. Because DeWallet and Bowtie and Pinocchio are
0: shoving a strap-on into the best fans in baseball. Rachio, get on the next flight to Philly. Get down to Veterans
3: Stadium and hold these losers accountable. And Pedals, what the hell are you doing <laughs> in Vegas? You're not allowed to have any fun till the Cardinals win the World
2: Series. Tired of it?
1: It's Rocchio, isn't it? It's pronounced Rock. It's, it's a hard. It's
2: pronounced Rocchio, yes.
1: And you're gonna go to the
2: vet. <laughs> My favorite part is, is when we almost lose him at the end of the mic drops. Is when you think, oh, he does. oh, am I going to hear ambulance yep. noises yep. in the background? You know, there's
1: something that occasionally pops up on my TikTok feed, which speaks a lot about my TikTok feed's <laughs> algorithm, and it's Ric Flair so damn upset in the middle of a, a, a addressing his upcoming opponent, WCW Nitro, that he suffers cardiac arrest of some form and he collapses in the corner. And I kind of picture Stephen Wildwood yeah, right, right when he gets to the, the point where well, he's unhappy with Jackson for being in Las Vegas because everybody should be in mourning regarding the Cardinal <laughs> season, and you need to go to the vet.
2: Yes apparently, to hold people accountable. To hold
1: people accountable. Alrighty. So you'll be heading that way right, we'll uh, heading this that way. Th- this weekend. Uh, Matt, uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, yeah, your deep tease, yes. this Amsinger yes. thing. I really yes. want to hear this.
2: Greg Amsinger was on this morning with the opening drive. You can check it out on 101ESPN.com and the app. And we, go- we got into Otani, and the big question that was asked was essentially, how does this change the free agency? Specifically, are the Angels maybe going to look kind of smart in hindsight?
0: Well, uh, unfortunately, it puts the Angels back in play. <laughs> I hate saying that, but it's the truth. They have the opportunity now. because I truly I, I really think his price tag will go down a bit. It's got to go down. It's got to go down. Um, so that's good for the Angels. That said, he is still going to be one of the most coveted players we've, we'll ever see in all of professional sports. Um, I think, I think it, it enters other teams into the fray
1: wow interesting uh,
2: that that was one of actually one of my first thoughts when it happened was does this does this make it almost more likely that they could resign him than they would have considering they were in no point can, you know competitive after they decided they were going to be competitive yeah
1: I, I you know honestly I mean I know people don't want have sympathy for somebody who's about to sign a half a billion dollar deal that's the way that it works, but I really do have sympathy for him I feel you know I well, mean how about it's just, he's just a competitor he's a i mean He's up, he's up there with one of the all-time greats already with what he is able to do, both pitching and hitting, and then that happens. And I respect what the Angels did. I was sitting here in mid-July going, yeah, if I'm the Angels, I trade him." It's obvious. But then they got themselves kind of in the mix. You only have two more months left with him. Trout's coming back. Give it a run. And then they got aggressive. I respect that. You know, only one team's going to win the whole thing, and now it's just debacle after debacle. Trout's back on the IL after one night. They're, elim- they're not eliminated, but they're out of it. And now Otani can't pitch. Whew, cats and dogs. What a rough three weeks. Because if you remember, I think they had a doubleheader in Detroit right after they announced the trades and that they were keeping Otani. And those guys came out and they beat the hell out of the Tigers. You're like, this is a team. It's got a fire lit under their ass. Kind of the opposite effect of what we saw with the Brewers Clubhouse after they traded Hayter last year. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of a team and wanting to see them be aggressive, it would be a great thing if the Angels could take this And run with it because other organizations, both baseball and other sports, would go, man, look at the Los Angeles Angels. They decided to make a move at the deadline that might have been unpopular and took some risk, but they went for it and they were rewarded. Well, unfortunately, now it's the other result and perhaps teams will be more. Cautious in part because of what transpired with Shohei Itani yesterday in Los Angeles in that doubleheader against the Reds
2: your point about him Just the incredibleness that is Shohei Itani I think people need to realize because a bunch of videos went out yesterday during the game Showing Ellie de la Cruz and a couple of the young Reds talking with him at second base and You know praising they, him. Yeah praising him He tears his UCL in the er, in the day game Right. He knows it's torn. Yeah, he goes out there and, and, and yet still on the world stage when no one else knows he's still like laughing and and having a moment with these young players i think that's an an incredible thing when you look into like you in that moment could just be pissed off i just he just lost hundreds of millions yeah. of guaranteed dollars and he's still like you know what I'm playing a game. these guys don't know. I'm out here. They, they, you know, they're trying to have fun with me. I'm still going to you know, play play it up and yeah. and let them have their moment. I think that's incredible from that guy. That tells I, me a lot about him.
1: I saw that uh, Clipbuster only tweeted earlier this morning him messing around with De la Cruz. I mean, two of them, I mean, De la Cruz only been around in the major leagues for a couple of months with what he's doing. Otani, what he's doing uh, quite a scene from two of the uh, new talents in the game of baseball. Hey, we also are giving away shinedown tickets, Matt. What do you have here for our uh, text of the day?
2: I gotta find it really quick because the person put in uh, oh so much work. Oh, here we go. Jason texted in, he says, Dick Fermil, aka Papa, welcomed a 23 year old roach into his house to shine down his Super Bowl nostalgia. What a simple man to be between angels and insects. And you know what? No insults, nothing too rude. Just a little creative writing exercise. That was a creative writing. Thank you very much.
1: There there were plenty of insults that I actually was choosing but uh, the logic was this gentleman really wanted to go to the show and therefore he will be rewarded with his creative writing exercise.
2: I did have to point this out though, because uh, we we have somebody on the mic drops who likes to take shots at St. Louis sports figures, and that's Janet. And she Jan- she holds she puts fingers. Oh, does she? I didn't know.
1: She, I thought she was oh. like the polite. Oh, she goes after people. Is oh that no, right?
2: no, yeah, she she's. Oh, I was
1: kind of honored that oh, she was no. going after me, but I'm just throwing another log on the fire.
2: You and uh, you and Mosaic are probably both are not are in her cut from the same right cloth. Now. Yeah, she's 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 been taking out Mosaic and these in these these lackluster Cardinals all season long, but she texted in and said, well, Tim, you aren't as memorable as you thought when oh, you asked to take Janet, meal.
1: Janet it, well, I, that's why I said, let's give Janet the tickets, and then Ryder, Ryder played out the hand and goes... Yeah. Maybe this person would be more apt to go than (laughs) Janet. And I go, it's not a bad idea. From what I I understand on the situation, that might be the right call. All right. uh, Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next. Uh, Matt, thank you once again for filling in for Jackson, uh, who is wearing five-inch inseam shorts at the pool in Las Vegas. For those of you who want to see that, it's a TMA underscore STL uh, on Instagram. BK and Ferrario are up next. For Matt Rocchio, I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
0: You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.